And welcome back to the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. We have been away the last couple of weeks doing a few bits and pieces around the world, but we are now ready to roll out episode, I think it's six on the year. Sean Maloney in at HQ alongside Sam Worthington and Stephen Halls. A lot to rip through across the next 25 minutes to half an hour with the news on Sunday afternoon that it has been decided that one Australian Super Rugby side will be cut from next year onwards and it has just exploded off the back of it. A lot of emotion around as you'd expect. So Sam Worthington, Stephen Halls, I say hello to you. Let's just tear straight into it. There's a lot of passion bubbling away underneath. Yep, it's been a massive month in rugby but finally we've got a part of the decision. We know that there's going to be a team axed from the Australian out of the five Australian sides, we're going to have four in the competition next year. South Africa will have to lose two teams, so it's going to be Super 15. Um, and so, yeah, as, as a result, it's going to be the Melbourne Rebels or the Western Force that are, will be given the punt. at the. Hopefully in, in the next few weeks we'll get an answer. That's one thing we can't have is this decision to be too delayed because people need to move on. But uh, it's, it's pretty emotional times in rugby at the moment. Sam? It's got seriously ugly, hasn't it? It's been a crazy few days. And look, on Monday morning, we finally got to hear from the AU, didn't we? After all this silence, um, you know, just people trying to fill in the information gap. Finally, the AU spoke for an hour and explained their situation. It would have been great to hear from them, you know, weeks, months ago about about the realities of what they were, were dealing with. But now, at least, I guess we know the we know the situation. We know what's going to happen. Um, there's still a lot of heartbreak to come, though, isn't there? And, and, and lawyers involved now. It's going to going to drag on by the looks of things. Well, and, and we, we should clarify, and we, should, we, you know, we will say, you know, off the bat, Horsley, that you split your time between working here at Fox as a commentator and a pundit and working at the AU. You, oh, yeah, I, I manage the Classic Wallabies, which is our own, ident- our own organisation with, within, the, within AU. the AU. But still, I feel confident that, that my opinions are, uh, are very much based on what I morally think. But I'm not going to put you in a position in the next little bit where it's going to compromise what happens for you because you've got to go back yeah, to some letters this afternoon. I'm happy understand? to give I'm happy to give my opinion, and I'll give it to you now. Okay. Like, I, I think, all right. I think, and I've said all along, like you, you can't ignore the the lack of form in Super Rugby over the last two years. It's been hard to watch. So, I would have been angry if they didn't make any change. Okay. If, if we had the same competition structure next year, yes, I'm certain everyone would have thought that there's a lack of leadership shown. What we've seen over the last, there's been a lack of information shown to us. Yes. But at least they've fought to make a change, and I think that's. What do you think? Do you think there should be? You've commentated the competition for the last five years on you know we've seen some poor games especially in the last two years in the last two years no question since so i first started calling super rugby in 2012 and you know what really jumped out at me the other night uh which i found astounding was going back three years so i was watching highlights of brumbies v chiefs anzac day three years ago and the main stand in canberra is near full the gregan larkham stand is near full what the hell has happened across the last three years to lead to this? And the only thing I can put my finger on it is the expansion that I don't think that we ever needed. I don't understand. And we can say it now that it's You mean happened. the Japanese and the Argentinian expansion? Or do you mean the totally. Melbourne Rebels coming in? No, no, no. I, because 
the Two Rebels. Years ago, was, the Rebels were there. I, I, yeah. In twenty eleven, when the Rebels came in, I thought they were heading in the right direction. They had big name players. They went out and got some good marquee action, that kind of thing. They were starting the track. I thought they were starting the track in the right direction. But now that we're in a position where, by their own admission, they got it wrong. Sands, they got it wrong. So I'm happy to pile in on that front. I just don't understand now why we are in a state where we lose a team to keep a Japanese team in. That's a really valid point. I, I, and I agree with that. So we're now saying one of our Australian sides go and we bring the Japanese in our conference. That Japanese side will still get flogged. Tell me how a Japanese side is going to be any better than than the Force or Rebels at Bounce House. Uh, they're dis- not meant I'll, to be. I disagree there. I think the in Japan they're actually going to restructure their own competition so that they're. Yeah, it's going to be a proper and that has to happen. team. And, and Japan, they've got a hell of a lot, lot of talent in there. I mean, the, the, the team that bet the Springboks at the World Cup, if they do what the Jaguars have done and, and roll out their national team, I think they actually can be a force. And they've got the World Cup coming up. They're, they're, they're going to be a, a big player in, in rugby for years to come. A I lot understand of, a lot that. Of it, is our, it is now our responsibility to help Japanese rugby, and I agree with, it, with no, Sean. But that. This but is the thing. I grew up playing rugby in this country. I love rugby in this country. I It has given me everything in terms of career and given me so much more. So I care about rugby in Australia. I want it strong here first, that, and then we go from there to another level. That's why I think a lot of people have made the point that Sanzo needs to have a separate, needs to separate itself from Super Rugby. There needs to be a standalone Super Rugby organisation that's doing what's best for Super Rugby. Because at the moment, it's there's so many conflicting interests. It's just crazy. You have got Sanzo that probably prioritise Test Rugby um, ahead of Super Rugby, also running Super Rugby. So I think there needs to be that, that separation there going forward as organisations. There's, look, there's a big part of me that says I would have loved to have seen us go. And walk away from Sansa, but the reality, and and start our own competition and try and drag the Kiwis across, and I believe they tried that. They mm. came out and said they did try that, but yep. New Zealand didn't want to bar of it. At but least they gave that a crack. At least at they least gave the, it a crack. Oh, you know, that's hat tip for giving that a crack because that's what I would love to have seen. Our biggest problem is we expanded far too quickly. Ten years ago, or when I started playing Super Rugby, 12, 13 years ago, there were three teams. We then went to four. That fourth team was never successful, and then we brought in a fifth. So I spoke about it off air before. It used to be so hard to play Super Rugby. You used to have to grind out at least a season or two. Unless you're an absolute superstar, you used to have to grind out a season or two in club footy before you got a crack at Super Rugby. And I think those two years in club footy for me were the most variable two years of my career when I was playing third grade and second grade and work, busting my ass to get into first grade. So then by the time I was playing Super grade, I mean Super Rugby, I was actually seasoned. I'd played 25 games a year for my club. I, I was in losing teams. I was in winning teams. I reckon... At the moment, we're just getting kids straight out of school that are walking into Super Rugby squads, and they're not—they're not actually. They might be physically prepared, and they're all big and strong and fast, but they're not mentally, mentally. prepared for what they for what it's the good, Super Rugby should be. It's a good point you make. So going back, let's go back 16 years, <coughs> and I'm going to use this as a reference point because it's when I was going through New South Wales 21s, having come through New South Wales 19s. To make the Australian 21 side, you had to be an absolute freak. A freak. And that was back when we were beating the New Zealand 21s. And that 21 side, I was going to say, they were beating, they were beating the, we were beating New Zealand at schoolboy 19s and 21 levels regularly. So those same Correct. guys, like Nathan Sharp and you know that era, Phil Ward, George Smith, Around two George years later that, when yep. they're playing Wallabies, they're used to beating the All Blacks. They did it all the time. They're in an Australian jersey against an All Black, so it's comf- they're, they're not, it wasn't easy, it was hard, but it wasn't foreign to them. But to play Super Rugby at... To play Super Rugby back around the turn of the century, I know that's when the Wallabies were going well. It was, it was, it was almost impossible. And out, look the at our twenties at the impossible. moment. Fu- Everyone's saying why Super Rugby in Australia is so poor. Look at our twenties results in the last three or four years. It's been embarrassing. Like we haven't got a top four finish in the last three or four years. 
We used to win that thing. But they're also. I mean, I'm, I know that we can we can heap we can heap into it and onto it as long as we want, um, and it's not going to do any good. But the decision that going back a few years to blow up the New South Wales v Queensland v ACT twenties um, competition that used to run. So you, to to play for Australia twenties uh, uh, Australia twenty ones it used to be brought back to twenties. You'd do the round robin against the other teams. Yep. These matches were ridiculous in level. They were unbelievably tough, ridiculous, and then that got disbanded. We went away from that. Just made it an Australian Twenties Academy. Yep, it's funny when you look at. Uh, so we've gone back to the state academies in the last eighteen months. Thank goodness. Yeah. When you look at Super Rugby Maybe now results, we'll see those results in a couple of years to come. Maybe at Super Rugby level, the, the results in the last two years have been awful. But actually, it's, it's very recent. This this drop off, like three, four years ago, Australian teams are actually beating New Zealand teams sort of fifty fifty. So I don't know how you explain this recent drop off uh, only two three years ago because that was you know after the rebels came into the competition they were they were still getting their their share of results so it's just been but if you look again if you go through one of one of the concerns i have with football in australia is the amount of money being spent on schoolboy rugby for coaches and administrators and you know snc staff and i don't think we're actually helping these guys as footy players we're building superior athletes but we're not coaching them to be really natural footy players and i think all Australian sides, if you go back to every time the Wallabies have been successful, we've never been bigger, stronger or faster than opposition. We've been creative and we've had um, really nice style of, of attack and really you know adventurous type footy. And we're at our school ball level now. We're coaching shape and structure and three pattern plays. And I think we're getting lost in what Australian rugby has been successful on. You've got to remember when we, we've won two World Cups and we've won a, lost a World Cup in 03, with three or less teams. Yeah, I think the, I think the coaching point's a really good one, a really important one. The the quality of Australian coaches seems to have dropped off, and, and with that, uh, the player group has as well. Uh, Bob Dwyer made the point there used to be back in the day a national um, coaching director. boss, director. Yep. Um, Dick Marks, I think, was yep. the most, most famous figure there. Um, he, he's sort of calling for a return to that. I mean, a lot, most of the best Aussie coaches are overseas at the moment, aren't they? Would you agree with that? Yeah, because well, the game's professional and there's so limited opportunities here. So th- that's always going to be the case. So um, one thing we've got to start to look at is a lot of those coaches that are overseas. Like Joe Barricade is a good, good example. He, he's never coached Super Rugby um, full-time. He was a Waratahs Academy coach for a while. Been overseas, he was probably deemed not good enough eight years ago, but he's been overseas. He's come back and he's doing a great job with the Western Force forward pack. So coaches like players, they improve over time. So I think a lot of our best are overseas but we can't keep bracketing them as too old or used by, like, they've got pretty good experience. So there are some coaches out there that we're not utilising. Do you know what the other thing, and, I, and I'm going to come at this from a, a total media perspective, being at the coalface of it over the last few years. In 2014, there's a group of us here, volunteered, dedicated our own time away from our day-to-day jobs working at Fox to try and commit and bring together a Wallaby supporter base. A group of people, call the Wallaby the show was, was called, six-part doco where we looked to bring them together, work out you know, what, what the crossover was from a Wallaby to a super to a grassroots level, talking shoot shield and that sort of stuff. And I had a sense back then, and I've said it in the time since, that there was no real understanding, there was no real feel or vibe that what they were doing, and this is from a top level down, to engage at a grassroots level so that it goes back the other way. When the results aren't going your way, hey, it doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because Michael Hooper was at my club last week or this person was doing this or I saw that person doing that. And now we are, I honestly think we're seeing the results of that. I think that's why our crowds are down. You know, there's a situation going on right now 
where we are chasing a Waratah player to put together a feature story. Not a grill him, not ask him about what's going on with Daryl Gibson or why they can't score tries or why results aren't going their way or what's going on with that player. To get to know a little bit more about the player, about the personality. Can't get it to happen. It cannot get it to happen. It is absolute garbage. And that is one of the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, provincial team in the country. Cannot get a player so that we can put something out, so that we can a get to learn story. a feel-good yeah. story. No, I feel, we, you. I we feel are, your pain. You know, from my side with the stuff that we do here, I, I don't, I'm not there. Whether you're different, you've got to be critical at times because you're on the front line as a journo. But from my point, it's all about pumping the game up and helping to try and provide players for kids to identify with, heroes for them to worship, to emulate. Yeah, well, and I can't get a Waratahs player for a feature story. Well, I'll go even a little bit further than that. And as I said before, so I manage the Classic Wallabies, which is the anyone who's retired Wallaby is a Classic Wallaby. If you look at what the other codes are doing with their past players, 90% of promos now in rugby league, I would say, are done with past players. In our one community, every club has their own ambassadors. The Broncos have five or six ambassadors. The Roosters have four or five, but the NRL one community has 47 players that are paid on part-time basis. Not only does it help that player transition, but their main role is to still use their profile and get out to schools and give a high five and show a little bit of love to those kids. And that is exactly what we're not doing. And that's why we need to get rid of a team because all these super rugby teams are costing us money, costing the Australian rugby union huge amounts of money. If they can genuinely tighten up, not they've spent $28 million of unforeseen uh, money on bailing out Super Rugby clubs over the last five years. On top of that, they pay each state five or six million bucks a year. So it's a, t- it's a model that's broken. So you can't sit here and say that, oh, we need to keep five teams and the growth of the game. Yeah. Unfortunately, five teams aren't getting supported across Australia. Yeah, well, that was the big point the AU was making on Monday. That, that, that To your point, um, we're going to save money from this team and, and we're going to start doing this, the sort of things that you're talking about and, and pumping money into grassroots, okay. wh- whether that actually... Plays out that you know that's to be seen, yeah. but yeah, uh, no, I'm really interested to see exactly where that goes and how it's spent. Has the horse so, bolted though? Well, no, you can always get them back. It's just a lot of effort. It's going to take. It'll take two times the effort to get them back yeah. from from where they've been. So, am I am I right in saying grassroots? I mean, what is grassroots? Are we talking about kids and schools? Are we talking about taking a, think- a water bottle out and a poster and having development offices in Western Sydney, in Perth, in Melbourne? Well, in the I think I think they've got to be really places. careful with how they do that because development offices is one thing. They do a, they do a good job. I'm not Correct. here to criticise gotcha. development offices. But kids don't know who development officers are. That's right. If you can take Nathan Sharp, he's still got a profile. If you yes, can get Phil War, all these guys, and you know what? It only takes five seconds of footage on a little school projector to show these kids that they may not be current Wallabies. This is this is what they did in a Wallaby jersey five years ago, and they're still heroes in kids' eyes. I've done it. We've taken kid, we've taken Ben Robinson, Adam Fryer. I've gone to my kids' school as an example with the classic Wallabies to do this and show this. Kids' eyes light up when they see Ben Robinson play for the Wallabies five years ago. They don't know. They don't even know retired. They're not mm. aware of that, mm. yeah, but they're still right. they're still heroes in these eyes, and that's who we've got to use. So the biggest salespeople in our game, and the biggest salespeople in our game, are the players themselves. That's how I look at it. Yep. They are the superstars. They should be number one. So they are the people to carry us forward and get people engaged and involved and loving the game because they're the ones providing every weekend, week in week out for seventeen rounds of a Super Rugby game a year. Why then? Why then isn't there more of it? Why isn't there more of a directive from the top down to each of these provinces to try and push that and make that a focal point? Again, I'm going to tap. Well, on at the pers- start of the year it is, and then what happens? They lose a couple of games and they tighten and up. I'm and I'm going to and I'm going to use personal another personal experience. 
for so long at the Western Force, we tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and were stonewalled, 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 stonewalled. All we want to do is promote the game because it is a win result for us because more people watch it. You know? So now, and for that, all and these that's years where... of stonewalling, all these... When it all, when it, like you say, if it goes the wrong way, it's no, nah, no, nah, the shutters go up. No, nah, it's, it's but too that's hard. Where, Can't get this that's person. where the ARU need to step in. I can say this comfortably in the participation agreement, which the ARU, as I said, they give each state X amount of money. They need to stipulate that part of this agreement, because this money comes from your broadcaster, which is Fox Sports, they need to do X, Y, and Z. And if they don't, there's financial repercussions if they don't commit to it. Because I know yeah. what you're saying. It's too hard for when when Fox Sports are trying to get features on players and you can't, like that's, we're here to sell the game. We're not here to stitch people up. We tried that once in a press conference, Sean. It didn't work. Um, look, we're trying to make the game more entertaining for people to, to people to watch. It's uh, yeah, it's funny you talk about this. I mean, like the access in New Zealand is probably even worse. Um, you know, because because they're the top dog, they can afford to you know treat the media pretty averagely and still and still get results. But it's just so damn competitive over here. It's crazy, isn't it? Like if 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 a Sydney sports fan you know drifts away from the Waratahs, there's there's literally twenty professional teams at his at his doorstep to to follow something else. So that they've got to do better on that front. But the force this year under Dave Vessels have been yeah. hey, ten times better. That's not, they, they, this is. <laughs> Not yeah. a knock on him, that's for sure. This that's is the horrible, not a knock on Dave. That's the horrible timing with this, isn't it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. The, force, I, I, the force are at risk. Just, I just appreciate that good. guy. He has been he has been proactive this year, and you know what? Also, the Rebels have been very good yeah. in terms of the access in terms to, of the yeah. access to the players. Um, I'm happy to I'm happy to share that they have been wonderful, and you know what? A lot of them around the match day staff have been terrific, but match day staff doesn't translate into being able to sit a kid down and say. You want to be a Waratah like Jake Gordon, or do you want to be Michael Hooper? Here's five minutes of what he did to become who yeah. he is and where he is. Question for you guys: Like the, the RU was pretty adamant that going back to four teams that's going to improve performance and everything as well. But is that actually going to be the case? Do you think? Obviously, a lot of players are going to go overseas. Is, is going back to four actually going to see marked results on field? Do you think? Maybe not initially, no. But I think each squad will get a larger... Um, so this is the other thing. Each squad will hopefully pick up another five players in their squad. So 30, a 35-man squad at the Waratahs will become 40. So your depth yep. straight away. And that's where you look at one of the issues in Melbourne Rebels. They lose a couple of players at the start of the year. Season gone. No McMahon, no Toby Smith. Their season was gone after four weeks. Mm. It, sh- it shouldn't be really, though. No, it shouldn't be. But, but you've got 35 players, 23. Every squad's got three to five injuries at any given time. So bigger squads will... Uh, amount to greater depth greater depth amounts to more competition I generally feel I just I just think we've got players in Super Rugby that 10-12 years ago would not have played Super Rugby and we've made it easy for them and as a result we're, we're seeing poor performances and it sounds like the players themselves are going to the ones that are contracted they'll get to choose where they go I mean is there a danger we could see them all going to, to maybe the Waratahs and creating one sort of super team and other, other teams not so much it's, it's a tricky situation oh, it's, there it's nature of the beast I think guys will go where there's an opportunity and where the position's right and I think that one thing for certain players who are contracted they won't lose out on any money but I just think we're, we we expanded too quickly, and and so I I have to honestly say, and anyone who's watched Super Rugby and criticised it for the last two years, this is the reason we we shouldn't have gone to five teams. Yeah. The horrible thing is that there's still such great footy being played on the on the weekend. Um, the Brumbies played some of the best rugby yep. by an Australian team in a very long time. That Stormers Chiefs game, I mean, those highlights were as good as you'd see in any sport around the world, just freakish stuff. But yeah, yeah. but yet we're all talking about the suits and, and getting lawyers in and it's it's just and, really, and we really have sad. To for this next couple of weeks. But I go yeah. back to when you talk about the Rebels, they started 
this their competition. They won some games, but the Rebels and the Force have always had a high number of imports as well. So we were we had five teams, but we probably had in total between the five teams, we probably had twenty to twenty five players that weren't eligible for the Wallabies. So we weren't okay. actually really creating much depth for Australian rugby either. Take your point on that. Do you want four or five teams? What would you prefer? Oh, I, I get back to, and this is from a, this is from a selfish point of view again. Um, talking frequent flyer points, right? No, you I'm, want to I'm not. I'm good to go for frequent <laughs> flyer points. I'm just. You did get upgraded on the way to uh, Hong Kong. Oh, yeah? I got the, I'll tell that, that story after. Brighter news, but a bit of good news at the end of the, the, end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. So do I want four or five? Um, Halsey, I want, I want five Australian. I want more flexibility across uh, how many marquee players or import players that you can bring in. Uh, I'd like five here. I, li- I want that Trans-Tasman model. I want a Pacific yeah. Island. I want a Pacific Island team in Fiji. Because I think they are, yep, they are it. And if we were going to go my model, I'd keep Japan in there. I would keep Japan in there. But the thing that annoys me the most, like I said earlier, and it probably came across um, dismissive, but Japan and Argentina, compared to me seeing kids given a chance to play Super Rugby level here, and it's the same way from them coming. Yeah. But do you think someone in Buenos Aires cares about a kid here being able to play the Rebels or the Force mm. or not? Yeah. Like it's. It's that's the human nature of it. That's so a, so I, that that that's my six. All in our time zone, all in our time zone. I love. I'm not. That's that's the thing. This is just being from a completely rugby um, selfish level. Yeah, that, no, that's I, what I, I actually like agree see. with you. Like, if if we were to break away from uh, South Africa and go with Pacific Island team, I'd I'd say keep five teams. But the reality is, if they're going to keep South Africa in this new in this Sanzo agreement. We can't keep going the way it is. Yeah, that's the other thing with this. Uh, this this new back to fifteen model is only going to be through till twenty twenty, and then they've got to do another broadcast deal. Yeah. And and Andy Marinos, um, the the Sanzar boss was was, and the AU as well. Um, they've all been saying, look, this is by no means going to be the long term situation. So we might yeah. see something completely different post twenty twenty. And like like you say, I think uh, Jamie Pandaram and the, the Telegraph sort of mooted it. You could have a, a Trans Tasman based comp incorporating um, an Islands team, perhaps and Japan, and then also another comp South Africa Argentina perhaps and then you come across and play a Super Bowl um, style style thing at the end of the season which I I quite liked the new setup we haven't gone into detail about it three conferences Japan in Australia's conference three winners go into the semi-finals plus five wild cards you've got eight teams in a semi-final series out of 15 15 team comp yeah so straight away you're rewarding mediocrity Mediocrity. I don't rate that at all I think they should have just gone Everyone play each other once, first past the post. Make it as One simple as possible. Six. No, everyone play each other. No conferences. Yeah, it's top six. Yes. Everyone play like each other finals once. finals are just top six. Yep. And that means, you know what, that means a shorter competition. Yep. And I know that means broadcast games. But you've got to start making decisions based on player welfare, all that sort of stuff. Like, I think... So you play everyone once. Yep. So 14 yep. games. Yep. You get a buy round. You get a buy round. Yep. And then you play a six, uh, three-week semi-final series. Yeah, I think they would have Long, a lot. Longer trials. It gives you opportunity for players to have a red-hot crack at Brisbane 10s and things like that. Yeah. gives them a good off-season because yep. they're always talking... Like, I, I just think we're... We think, oh, we've got to get 25 games out of this competition. Have to. So we think of what suits the broadcast, right, as opposed to what suits the and then, competition. And then, so when does the season start? When does it end? So then we, and then we don't break for this. It's the other thing, this whole breaking for the June series. Is we, that have to go? Go? we have to break for another year or two, but then I think in, after the World Cup, we get no break in. That's another yeah. thing. I mean, we, lose yeah. that. We, we, we just lose so much momentum through June when we, we stop for three weeks. Yeah. 
got to pick it up on the other side. You've got teams picking it up who are not, not playing for anything yeah. for the last two yeah, weeks of the season. Holidays, yeah. Send them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's even more heartbreak, uh, well, similar heartbreak going on in South Africa, of course, them losing two yeah. teams. I think that for them to go to, that was another big part of all this. Um, for South Africa to go to six teams was just ridiculous. That that was what really stuffed, yes. stuffed things up. Yeah. I think that, that then meant that they had to go oh, Japan and Argentina to make the numbers. And if you want even. to be really critical, that was where we probably needed to step in and say That's where that is not happening because there is over 250 South Africans playing in Europe yep. that aren't even in their competition. Is that yeah. yeah. Because the RAND, the RAND is just so weak at the moment. Right. Those eighteen-year-olds are going straight up to the UK, France, wherever they can. South Africa, I mean Japan, setting up camp early. Yep. Let's let's get this good news story. Let's get the frequent flyer points. Well, it's not good news for me. Talk talk about Hong Kong a little oh, bit. Okay. So the classic Wallabies, and obviously we went up to Hong Kong for the week. We played in the tens. Um, Fox Sean was there on for the first part of the week with Fox Sports, and then he was calling the sevens with World Rugby. And so Sean said, "Oh, I'll come up and we'll film some stuff." I said, "Great, we'll." accommodate you fly with us get on our flight blah blah we get on um i had (laughs) my sister works at Qantas, so i got some i said oh look can you sort me out an exit row she said i can get you on next to sean i said yeah i can sit next to sean he's not bad he's a big fella but we can work this out we sit down they come up and say you mr maloney as if i was in trouble i said no i'm not then they come back and said where's mr maloney he was just packing his bags about to get set Onto his third glass of champagne. And <laughs> Mate, I had like eight glasses yeah. of champagne. And then they the said, lounge. come with me. And I thought, oh, he's been he's getting kicked off the plane. Like, <laughs> he's smuggling. He's smuggling firearms or something. And they went and put him in business class. Do you want to know? Do you, can I tell you how, how that's his version? He goes, <laughs> he goes, the hostess comes back, Jane Bless. And she says, um, excuse me, you sit in your allocated seat, speaking <laughs> of Hoyle, because I was a couple across from him. We had the whole front exit row. And I said, why is that? I chipped in. I said, why is that? She said, oh, the guy who's sitting here, he needs the extra leg room. He's, he's, he does a lot of fine with us. And I said, oh, is that right? I said, well, that'd be me. And she goes, actually, while I've got you, you've got to come this way. And as soon as she said that, Torsi goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were building up towards a uh, United United Airlines story there. Did you guys see that video? Yeah, I did see that. I left anyway, so Halsey, he had to like stick his head through the curtain, stick his laptop through, say, can you charge this for me? And then later when he came back to to get it, I said, would you like some of my deep fried chicken wings, which have just been put down in front? Oh, good wings. <laughs> I wasn't even allowed through the curtain to get my computer charged. Deep fryer on the plane. How oh, mate. Qantas, Qantas business class is the best. I've never had the onboard upgrade. It really we, happens, I'm told. We should also, really? uh, while on a bit of uh, good news, a quick shout-out to the Australian Sevens team. Best, perform- what, best performance of the year by uh, far, wasn't by it? By far, Kong? and they played... The Aussie men's Sevens team played some superb rugby across the weekend as well. This kid, Lockie Anderson, everyone's going to get sick of me hammering on about him. He's 19 years old. He's... Well, he'd be bigger than you, mate. He'd be, I reckon he'd probably be oh, about a half an inch on you, Lockie Anderson. Taller. Huge kid. He's massive. Really? I thought... Yeah, I didn't yeah, know. No, I never and he, he had a blinder. Uh, Henry Hutchison was the uh, Beth Calder winner, which is the newcomer yep. of the tournament award. Hutch had an unbelievable tournament. Jen- Ed Jenkins played well. Chucky Stanard was great. Uh, Tommy... They were all... Boyd Killingsworth was good. Boyd got knocked was, out by the second day. I oh, know. That was a shocker. That hurt them in the game against Fiji. Uh, so rolled by Fiji in the cup semi and then finished third, beating the USA for bronze. And if you haven't yet had a chance to look at uh, our Fox Sports piece where Andy Friend let Fox Sports yeah. follow the Aussie Men's Seven team the whole week. It was awesome access. Excellent. There's a guy who gets it. It's a two-part series. First was shown last night. There's a guy who gets it. Yeah. Coach Andy Friend. And Tim Walsh gets and it And Walsh well. gets yeah. it 200%. Um, led us along for the ride. And j- just to see the emotion, the guys to go into the camp. Joe Roth presented them with their jerseys. 
Rafi had a big week in Hong Kong, and he did. It, that was the highlight for him presenting the jerseys, and he told me that too. He did a good job. He told me that. Uh, shout so, out to Rafi. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> is, is, uh, is, is Andy going to be able to keep this uh, group together? Because they made made it's a big same, step so forward. It's the, same team, it's the same team that he picked from Vancouver Bar One. But in terms of long term, though, all these guys going to get they're going to get Super Rugby offers and stuff, aren't they? Like I think Hutch, Hutch is supposed to go to the, 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 Rebels. For the Rebels. Maybe not at the Maybe moment, not. depending yeah. on how they go. But and that's the other thing. The sevens will probably get a better crack at getting better players before teams. So. Do you know what? I'm, when I'm just watching how good the Aussie men's team were in Hong Kong and seeing that stadium, if you haven't been to it, we said the same thing last yep. year. You've got to Honestly, make it a bucket list Next item. year, Classic Wallabies are going again to play the 10s. Yeah. We're going to do a tour. You've got to get on, just, watch the midweek 10s, go watch the 7s awesome. on the weekend. Um, and just watching them go about their work and seeing how They should have a girls they, playing there too, by should. the way. They've got the field across the road. They could do they it. They do. Yeah. Uh, I, I just... I would I, I would struggle as a 20-year-old to want to go to Super Rugby. I would want... I, do you know what? I would, I would want three or four years yep. um, as a top-line player, just do the circuit. You know, it's funny. I, I sat times. in the crowd and thought that. I said, if I could go back to the start of my career... And I did a little bit of sevens. I never got to play in Hong Kong. Yep. Uh, and the program at the time was actually detrimental to progressing to Super Rugby right, for okay. me because it was coming two days before you, yep. you play a game, meet a few new teammates, fly out. But now, like, if I could have my career again, I'd go back and I'd try and play a couple of years on the seven circuit. I love the seven. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give it a crack. I'm doing it. <laughs> I love this. Love the sevens experience as well. But they do need to update their music at the venues, don't they? That, that, I think that's well, no. kind of sweet, Caroline. No, no, no. I just heard it not, so many times. But oh, seriously, no, yes, I disagree, okay, mate. No, but you need to understand. Kung Fu fighting. You need to understand that the, the, the kids are, don't like that, do they? Oh, they love it, mate. There are ten legs of the HSBC World Series. There are ten legs. People rarely go to more than one leg. So each time the circus yeah. rolls into town, they're getting the taste once a year. This happens once a year. And do you think after eight one-liter <laughs> jars of Pims or Carlsberg... It's just like lemonade. You it care? really is. Pims I, is lemonade. Pims is, well, I it still is with lemonade. It's delicious. I'm saying that's all yeah. it tastes like, lemonade. Yeah. I still think they need to freshen up their music a bit. It's, uh, otherwise, I'm going to stop bloody watching To what? What would yeah. you have them change it to? Just something maybe before Daft Punk. before 1990s. Daft Punk's a good yeah. option. Yeah. Go on. Very, very Grinspoon. Good. Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah, we're getting slightly more uh, more modern there. <laughs> okay, but, uh, give, me, give me a little so less Let's Neil just Diamond. say this weekend you're in charge of the PA in Singapore and you can jam and pump up the crowd. Keeping in mind you've got two 10-hour shifts to get through. Yeah. What are your top three? Can we go a bit of uh, Jay-Z perhaps? Yep. Okay. Ja Rule. No, no, hang on a second. You sing me one verse from a Jay Z song, top not, to bottom. I'm not going to do any. I'm not going to do any singing because you can't. I'm not going to do any singing. What's after Jay Z? Ooh, we could go. You've really put me on the spot here. You're the is, one who said that. Just, change it. You just got to look at the Triple J Hottest 100. Yeah, but not everyone's Triple J, oh, mate. Not maybe, everyone's Triple maybe J. Maybe a bit of Vance Joy. We got a lot. Va- of you think so? You think Vance Joy Riptide would work well at Hong Kong Stadium You've put at me four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> in the South yeah. Stand? You know where what? People have been drinking anything since would, seven. Anything would work in the South Stand at four o'clock. They wouldn't know Riptide, yeah. mate. I didn't go near the South Stand, by the way. That's carnage. Debatable. I watched from a distance. I spent a bit of time in there because I was unable to touch a drop of alcohol. If you were the DJ, would you seriously keep pumping out the Sweet Caroline? Oh, it's got to come on at some stage, mate. Of course it does. Everyone loves a bit of a sing-along. I don't see why. The classic Wallabies 10s had horses as their song. That was our song, yeah. Or Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wendell's good. Mr. Wendell's good. Jesus, you know what? I haven't. I'd not spent much time or had much of a chance to speak with Wendell Saylor ahead of last weekend. He's he's a bloody fun guy. Oh, he's great. Like, and, and that was probably one of his first involvements back in the game after how he exited. So, yeah. you know, speaking to him over the last couple of years, it was you know he was wanted to get back into rugby, and I, for me, that was 
it was awesome to have him on the trip because so many guys got a big kick out of it. The young guys got a huge buzz out of playing yeah. with him. We had Steve Menzies as well. Yeah. Uh, Sam Harris, Luke yeah. Burgess, Morgan Tuanui had they had Fibsy, the buy, so he ducked out for a couple of days. Yeah, like we had a, a a really good week from a from a classic Wallabies point of view to be able to take what I would say a couple of future Wallabies away with, with a few former Wallabies and a couple of club plays in between. Like it was a, an awesome I've week. I've got to share this story with you before we round out. We won't have much of a chance to get into Super Rugby for this week. We've done enough Super Rugby. Uh, on the Saturday night, they have a like a suite, like a corporate suite where Halsey took a lot of the guys into the HSBC Hex Suite. It's like the place to be. Hex Suite. And a few guys, short for Hexagon, I believe, uh, a few guys, a few. I think they were Aussie guys, um, <laughs> stupidly had challenged Wendell to an arm wrestle, right? That's and I'm watching it all unfold, and then there was a bunch of other Aussie guys behind the dude wrestling. He went left arm, and Wendell just like flexed his pinky, and the guy was broken. Unbeatable. So these other guys behind, like, oh, you should do it, you should do it. To me, I said, are you mad? Do you know the name Ben Ross? Does that ring any bells? They had no idea. I said, give me your phone. That, so that wasn't the reason they were taking him on. They, no, they didn't know anything about it. They, they had just, no idea. They just saw the big Dell and they thought they'd have a crack. First thought arm wrestle. First thing yeah. I did, Ben Ross footy show, and it was one of those things where you watch someone as they watch something and you know what's coming. Start turning white. So I'm just waiting for it, waiting for it. And they're like, they're like, and then the boom, the arm breaks. <laughs> and then one guy like recoils. He's, <laughs> he's trying to throw up in the corner. Another guy's like trying to rip his eyes out, unsee what he's seen. Suddenly a horror it was, movie. It was a hilarious. Oh, he was cold, holding court, telling people to hold their wrist back and got to use more, more of your back muscle oh, and it's the tricks in the back. And oh, Big so Dale funny. needs to, surely he can't, he can't keep a green to these arm wrestles. He's going to put oh, multiple just, people in the hospital. He wasn't even yeah. in first gear. He was did, in. Did you guys see uh, Bernie Larkham down in Canberra? His, yeah, uh, I did see that. He's intercept try. It's, yeah. it's, it's a great weekend for the oldies, wasn't it? And there should be more of it. Like it's a, we talk about all this, you know, off uh, past plays. You know what we went through a month ago with Dan Vickerman, and not that it solves everything, but it, it gives guys an opportunity to reconnect and have a fun, have a bit of fun, and remember why they love rugby. So it was, uh, and it it was, was awesome to see the Brumbies do it and it was great to do it in Hong Kong. And I'll tell you what, it was hard for the tens that Halsey played in. The third game on oh, day brutal. one that I went to, uh, it was full on. Like it was... Well, we guys, lose 10-7? 10-7. Yeah. And guys were, they were wasting each other. Who'd you lose to? Oh, were, I mean, that, that, the Japanese invitation. You don't team. actually know a lot of the sides. They're all like invitational sides. They're all professional. They're all prof- most yeah. of them are professional players from all around the world. So like Henry yeah. Vanderglass popped up for the YCC, um, which is a Japanese-owned team, but he's playing P-O-2. in France. Do you know that you were playing against PO2I in that game? Yeah, he ran. Sh- I didn't Fijian, realize then that he, this big sevens this big sevens play. Just yeah. I didn't know. He just charged straight at me, and one I just the, one of the best, my arms around yeah. him. One of the best offloaders in world rugby. PO2I. So there was four Fijian sevens players playing for the UBB Bordeaux, which is the French team that won it. And we're going. To, we didn't really know who they were at the start yeah. of the competition. Two games in, you, you did. were smart enough not to get uh, roped I into ran the shot. Yeah. I ran water. It's not an boys. old boys game, which is what we soon learned. It's not. Yeah, I ran water. Yeah. I ran Bloody water. water boy. No, uh, yeah. no milk for you this time. No, no, no. <laughs> really appreciate that. There was some Good concern. Shout. Looks, I was like, yeah. when I ran over to Fibsy, I go, yeah. close your eyes, I got to spray water. He goes, mate. I was like, no, no it's just water. <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right, uh, let's let's leave that there. This weekend, you know where to find the games that you want to see the most, and don't forget, you have got the sevens playing out again this weekend. So we've got the double act, Super Rugby, which fingers crossed will deliver us some games. Reds up against Kings. The Reds really need to turn up and go berserk at Suncorp sevens across the weekend uh, interested to hear your thoughts you can hit us back on the Twitters or on the Facebooks whatever sign up on iTunes as well have a look for the Fox Rugby podcast it was, give, give us some reviews get, you've got your opinions you've got your thoughts and, and they're just ours we 
guessing that you'd much prefer to hear people be real rather than try and sit on the fence. So, hope you've enjoyed it. Horsey, thank you. Wordo, thank you. And we will be back. Oh, my, I'm not. I'm actually going to be here in Australia next hey, week. You are. Yeah. Wow. So, we'll, we'll be back again next week to do it all again on the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. Thanks for your company. Thank you. In the world.